welcome. It is Tuesday, 24th of January, 7.07pm. And welcome to the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Chuck Bailey. No Oscar Puente. Oh, but with me, super producer Ian Stimson. Hi, Ian. Hello, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, not to have this pod be a bi-podcast we have retained the ability to be a tripodcast because let's face it that's more uh stable on a flat surface uh guys science so with us the very special one and only since we got rid of the chelsea fan i guess we get in and the arsenal fan uh mr adam p adam p is with us how are you adam i'm, I'm doing very well thanks guys uh thank you for having me on Absolute pleasure, mate. Um, we know Oscar doesn't like talking about Arsenal, so now that he's gone, um, I guess... <laughs> and he doesn't like we... me, so... <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, no, but you, you are obviously having a, uh, a bloody good time this season, so we thought, although, let, let's face it, our stance has not changed on that player, what I think wears number five and should not be playing, really, so taints a lot of this. Um, however, it must be a good time for you being an Arsenal fan at this point. Yeah, you know, it it's it's been worse. Uh, it definitely can be worse. <laughs> Last two weekends have been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, not too bad, is it? Lovely comeback win this week. I mean, we'll get to the to the specifics of that, I guess. We'll start off with our very famous segment. <gasps> rapid, 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 rapid fire news. Our top story this evening, gentlemen. The time has come. The job has been lost. Uh, yes, the entire Juventus board are gone uh, <laughs> because they've all been dodgy fucking bastards and uh, fake news their transfer fees, their player <laughs> movements, uh, all sorts of absolute shenanigans. Um, not content with match fixing all those years ago. They've now gone uh, the financial <laughs> route as well. Yeah. Yeah, it, this it, but this as well might be the tip of a horrendous, horrendous iceberg uh, because this is just the opening gambit of the investigation. This only came mm. about because a criminal investigation has uncovered a bit more than the, the previous, I don't know, just sporting investigation, if you like. So uh, because the, 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 the wiretaps were listened to and uh, all the directors were basically just having a lovely old chat about how they've inflated transfer fees for like swap deals they've done so it means that their books look better than they they should do and uh yeah it's that's that's illegal because you're in a you know you're you're on yeah. the stock market and that you're in, on the on the stock exchange you can't do that sort of thing um but you know it's not like they've got any previous for this sort of stuff so um there's still an appeal to be heard because it's what a 15 points deduction well like you said that's just the first part, isn't it? It is just the first part because, yeah, that that's to do with, uh, as I say, the transfer fee stuff. But then there's uh, how players were paid during the COVID stuff because a lot of players took apparently took reductions, but they might have been paid under the table. <laughs> so they, on the face of it, took pay reductions, but then might not have been. It's all very, very bad. And they, like genuinely might be criminal. Yeah, like you say, I think it was in... Uh, it was before the World Cup, I think, or, or during the World Cup, that the board all mm. all just suddenly resigned, which is never a good a good sign for again a publicly listed company uh, when all the legally responsible people for that company go ah right we'll go. Mm. Um, so yeah, this this could get a lot worse, and then you've got the implication of um, it's Tottenham's 
well, that, that's what I was going to say. That um, Adam, you must be enjoying the casual, <laughs> friendly fire that has meant that this is this yeah. is potentially taking out Tottenham as well, well. I just like that now. Tottenham are sort of technically legally frauds as well as being sort of frauds <laughs> on the pitch. Yeah, um, but I mean that is the funniest thing though. Like you were saying, Ian, this this is just the start, and it's a fifteen point deduction. <laughs> and mm. uh, yeah, you would you would think a club with their history of being some, I was going to say dubious with the law, but that's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a generous way of telling <laughs> criminals. Very generous, yeah. Very. You think they would be like kind of wise to the wiretaps, but apparently they've been like caught saying some hilariously incriminating things like, <laughs> if they find out about this, we're <laughs> fucked. Or like, obviously not in English. I'm assuming in, in Italian. Italian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be a bit weird if they came out with sort of like a, a London accent. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, 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 who knows? It could be them trying to uh, say it was someone else all along. Um, wow. I wonder if... Um, <laughs> was Adam uh, P any... all along? <laughs> yeah, it was Adam all along. Um, I wonder, did any of them perchance take trips to the North Sea and drop some, <laughs> some laptops in Mate. there? And just... Mate, they are fucking amateurs compared to Caroline Watt. I mean, I mean it, would be a lot, it would be a lot less suspicious if like, they dropped their phones in the med, you know, off some super yacht, as opposed to going off of an oil rig in the yeah. North Sea. Yeah, exactly, where you always go on holiday. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Like you say, a 15-point deduction potentially just being the start is, yeah, big problems. Yeah. You could genuinely be looking at Ooh. Uh, proper oh, criminal. Um, I'm, oh, I'm bored of talking about this. Sorry, I've oh, just remembered. Okay. Um, uh, so, I mean, you needed to fill the Wagatha Christie hole, and I, I forgot about this. Um, should we talk about Gerard Piquet with Shakira? Oh, of course. <laughs> Jamgate. <laughs> Don't, yeah, absolutely. No one touch Shakira's jam. I mean, that's is that the worst bit of it? Probably not. Um, <laughs> what, sorry, is, is what the worst bit of it? Well, the, Shakira, the theft of some bon mamon <laughs> as evidence. Yeah. God, imagine if it was a bon mamon. That's pricey stuff. You right, know? It's, it's, only the best. it's not cheap. It's not cheap jam. You know, they're not throwing out around trees in there, is they? No bits. <laughs> This, that's jam, that's going to be jam with bits in it. They're fancy upper class people. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so. But yeah, I, so what's what's the story here? This is long. Like she's she's released a, a diss track. Yeah, uh, which which is a word that in a nearly forty year old white man's mouth really came out well, didn't it? Uh, I was going to say, who's like, diss track? Is that what the kids call it? <laughs> I'm just enjoying it. It feels it's, it. It must feel like a holiday for you. It's very weird. Um, but yeah, so and then and then ultimately saying that uh, she she uh, re- knew that there was something up because uh, her jam had been uh, her jam had been eaten and, and PK never eats jam. It's like fucking airplane. Jim never has a second <laughs> cup of coffee at home. Uh, was, One for the teenagers there, <laughs> including Adam. Um, a reference I totally understood. Have you seen the seventies film Airplane, uh, Adam? I've I've seen the poster of it. <laughs> I've seen well, the meme. That's- the meme of the guy sweating. Yes, that's, good. Yeah. Right, here we go. Oh, <laughs> even I feel old right now. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Don't touch another person's jam. Um, I wonder if he knew, like, she just walked in with the toast and it was like one of those films where they try and fill, fill it back up. It's just like putting in, I don't know, raspberry washing up liquid. I, I have yeah. nothing, guys. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Or he just I'm spreads it around his here. mouth going, oh, I just decided to suddenly eat some. That's, mm. that's all. Mm. Mm. What about your berry allergy? Uh, <laughs> She's blowing up to the side. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. It looks like Violet Beauregard. Let's put him in the juicing room. Yeah. I can't imagine why we sort of retired the news section. Um, <laughs> yeah, really... we're really on the cut and thrust. Yeah. And I, I didn't prepare anything for that and don't really know anything about it, but figured that in the absence of Wagatha Christie and the amount of content we got out of this, you know, Jam, Jam's got to fit in well, there Well, no, Wagatha's going to... I mean, there, there was that drama with Michael Sheen. It was, that, that was... I still haven't watched it. Oh, it's good. It's actually really good. <laughs> it's really good. It's so good because one episode sort of focuses on, you know, Vardy's side of it and one episode, Colleen's. And just like we were on the pod, you you get the feeling they're really trying to be balanced, but you just can't do it. <laughs> it's just fucking impossible. And Yeah, she looks absolutely ridiculous, but yeah, there you go. I mean... I even enjoyed on if for anyone in the UK that watches the big fat quiz of the year, um, they always get a every single year they've been doing it for like I don't know, must be best part of a decade or more yeah. now. They get children at a certain primary school every year <laughs> yes. to reenact a story from the year. Yeah. And this year they did Wagatha Christie. Oh, it was brilliant! <laughs> it was Absolutely great, brilliant. And we got the Disney Plus documentary coming up, and oh yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I need to catch up on Wagatha content. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> enough talking about uh, things we enjoy. Frank Lampard. Um, yes. we, I mean, we all knew before he did. Um, he knew. Uh, <laughs> has been binned off, apparently, by phone call by Farhad Moshiri, um, who didn't tell anyone else at Everton that it was happening. <laughs> well, attended and, his first match for like 14 months. I mean, it was probably... He, he knew it was happening. I think he just tried to walk in and Alan Sugar it and just go, you're fired, and leave. Yeah. Well, that was about it. Pretty much. I mean, he doesn't. He's not going to have personal, particularly close personal relationships with his managers. I imagine, which is probably half of the problem that they don't really. There's no joined up thinking at Everton whatsoever. Um, well, I don't know the the links to literally everyone. That, <laughs> yeah, that's that's got to be good, isn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I think managed by committee. Uh, put the board in charge. Why not do that? Let's let's you know do it properly. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because Everton squad is sort of is it the expression a horse designed by or a camel is a horse designed by committee? That's sort of what Everton's squad is. It feels a little bit like that, yeah. except <laughs> the committee is like the nineteen twenty two committee. And it's full of idiots. Wasting money. This is what we get here, political satire. Cutting edge content there. I was going to say utter shit show, but yeah, yeah, let's go for the eloquent um, (laughs) horse by a committee. Um, Yeah, they've since been linked to, let's see, who have they been getting? Uh, Dyche? Allardyce? Isn't he going to Cardiff? Allardyce. Well, I I saw some rumours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I heard that as well. Um, who else? Uh, the the terrible guy just got sacked by Southampton. Hassan Hootel. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, Marcelo Bielsa, who yes, has said, course. no, your squad is too old and slow. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. I'd love to see Bielsa try and... Yeah, well, he's he's actually had a passing glance at the squad and mm. gone, yeah, obviously my style is not going to work with this lot mm. and I'm not uh, having any part of this. But So the only one actually thinking it through was the one saying mm. no to him, yeah. Well, and apparently they went after Thomas Frank uh, at Brentford as well and he, t- he took one look at that and was like, fuck no. Why would he even consider it? I mean, that well, like he hasn't, obviously, but like you know, it's just what, what were they thinking? Like leaving a well-run thing like Brentford and going to that mm-hmm. shit show. Like if Brentford went down, you'd fancy their chances of pinging straight back up. If Everton go down, fucking hell, see you in League One, you know. So Lampard nearly made it to a year. I don't really want to be fair to him and say he's been treated unfairly because he was shit. Um, he's been shit at every job he's done. 
He's yep. never he's never done he's never done it at any level yet. I've, I've he's, said, a, he's a true Tory. He just fails upwards. <laughs> just constantly fails upwards. You don't have to be a Tory to fail upwards, Chuck. Speaking from experience here, exactly. <laughs> but it's just I don't I don't understand how. And he will get another job. He'll get another mm. you know decent job. I'm sure of it. And yet even at Derby, which was the lowest team you know he went into, he by his own targets he did rubbish. So I just I just. Don't understand. He took them from sixth to sixth. Yeah. And so, uh, after saying that anything less than promotion would be a, a failure. Well, there you go. You did, mate. Then Chelsea. Now this. He's under a point a game. Points average at Everton as well, I think. So, wow. It, it's just appalling. Like, mm. And you're saying he'll get another good job in, but will he? Like, which, which club is taking a chance on him now? Yeah. I mean, when I, well, when I say good job, I maybe just mean top flight job. There's good jobs and there's good jobs, isn't there? Yeah, fair enough. I I, mm. I maybe mean you, you know, the likes of Southampton. If they're going to give certain certain unproven managers a, a, a tilt, they'd they you know if they were managerless, they'd have a go at, at Lampard probably. Is that a good job? Yeah, no, probably not. It's a fair shout. But it, I just meant a top flight job. Then maybe you know he'd he'd still get that, and I. Don't really know why. Well, I don't know why. It's his fucking name and everything, but it's just, it's just how many times does he have to not do well for him not to get a Premier League job automatically? We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll see him at Peterborough. I, I find it <laughs> no chance. Yeah. Fer- Fergie for life. Um, <laughs> I do find it funny that we had, you know, we had the ex Premier League midfielders all coming in at the same time. You had Gerard Lampard and Vieira. Um, and considering yeah. the the noise behind which kind of Gerard came in, and we thought he'd do a lot better, um, Lampard. Well, I don't think anyone really thought that was ever going to work. I think it was a bad decision by Everton to appoint him, and a bad decision by Lampard for taking it. Um, well, it was just so their scattergun, nice. their scattergun thing, weren't it? Of just of managers, they've had so many managers with completely different philosophies in the last few years and and mm-hmm. just you know s- spent ridiculous amounts of money on again players that don't necessarily fit whatever system the current manager is trying to play yep. and you know Lampard's managed to apparently ruin Calvert-Lewin and and Grimes so true <laughs> even though they got uh, you know defenders in they haven't managed to stop conceding goals they've lost you know, good players like Richarlison, you don't recover from that yeah. by signing Tarkovsky and Cody and, mm. you know, and they're going to lose Anthony Gordon soon by the sounds of it. And um, Amadou you know. Onana, you know, yeah. people are trying to buy him and he's been very good. So, And even Calvert-Lewin will get a move away, like as much as yeah. he's not been very good since he's come back from injury, that someone in the mid-table will probably... Definitely. Palace might pick him up. Who knows? Um... I mean, it wouldn't be unheard of. I, I just wonder if he's on quite high wages. Um, but yeah, I I take your point completely. I think if I mean if that club goes down, there's so many players. But you know, Delhi Ali, are their names Donny Mar- Van Den- Der Beek <laughs> still there? Yeah, I mean, no, no, Donny Van Der Beek went on loan, and uh, Delhi Ali. Oh yeah, in no, no, they're Turkey both on loan, also. but they're still Everton players, aren't they? No, Donny Van Der Beek was never an Everton player. He's still Man United. Oh, is he? He's just injured for the season. Oh, yeah. I, thought and, he, I um, thought that was a transfer. Okay, sorry. But the Deli Ali is currently on oh, loan yes. at Besiktas, is it? One of the Turkish giants. Right. Don't slag him off because their fans will come for you. Um, <laughs> but Deli Ali has not been playing because he's not been deemed good enough. So that is a fall from grace. And they tried yeah. to send him back, didn't they? But Everton didn't yeah. want him back. It's like, 
God, that's, that is some situation to be in. That's, that's retirement, that is. That's, get, your, get your coaching badges and try something else. Uh, hook up with Ryan Mason, become a dog mayor somewhere, and away you go. You yeah. um, but anyway, what we, we got sequestered there. What I was trying to say was, turns out Patrick Vieira was the best one. <laughs> that's um, the point you were making, yeah. This is the point we're making. Speaking of Patrick Vieira, uh, a nice link there to Arsenal, I guess. Um, obviously, nice. he is the last... <laughs> Arsenal captain to lift the Premier League trophy, which, Adam, do you remember that happening? Um, so I would have been just, I would have just turned seven years old. Uh, okay, so not it was, as young as I thought then. No, it's sort of at that age where you're aware of football happening and you're yeah. aware of supporting a team, but I don't really know if I watched football. I kind of just yeah, experienced yeah. football and used yeah, it yeah. as a tool to kind of like take the piss out of friends in the playground at school and pretend to be I, weirdly I always used to pretend to be Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank when I was playing football no what, idea why, why. But, yeah. um, <laughs> Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was great yeah, I just remember used to like striking balls as hard as I could and apparently that was something I associated with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank so yeah that'll be my yeah you would when you pick players you'd be like I'm, I'm him and then you'd shout their name when you shoot every yeah. time he shoots Shearer yeah we used to, for some reason, my, me and my mates had a thing where we used to pick like oh, like classic Leicester players. So it'd be like you'd you'd do, oh, do exactly what you said. You'd shoot and you'd be like Steve Guppy. <laughs> <laughs> like was, yeah, he's always on about yeah. fish, isn't he? Yeah, he is, always <laughs> brings it back to fish. <laughs> always a link. Yeah, trying to think of another one now. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another Leicester player. <laughs> well, any player. <laughs> Tony, Tony Coddy. Um, anyway, don't even know if Tony Coddy played for him. Might have just been Everton. Never mind. Um, how are you enjoying Arsenal, quote unquote, being back after, let's face it, 18 years of being a banter club? <laughs> Oof, yeah, hard but fair. It's... <laughs> It's a weird situation to be in because there are times when I find it obviously really, really enjoyable watching some of the football we're playing, the way we're attacking is like really exhilarating to watch. And there are other times when, like for a lot of the time I've supported Arsenal, there hasn't been a huge amount on the line. I mean, obviously Champions League football is very important, but Mm. we haven't been competing for titles for most of my life. And there are times when I'm like, Guys, this is all a little bit too much. I don't like. There's so much on every game now that I find myself mm. getting like really quite anxious, which isn't which isn't like an enjoyable state to be in watching a game. I mean, overall, I enjoy not having the piss taken out of me on Twitter every kind of day, which is up your game, Chuck. Yeah, I'll give it. A go. I, was, I was leaving him for a bit, you know, giving him some time to build himself back up again. But do, like, do, you, do you genuinely think you'd be enjoying it more if you were in second, Adam? I mean, like that's what it sounds like. You, you, you sound like you'd be enjoying it more if you were chasing and there was a good chance but you, were, you were chasing, whereas uh, the, the, the fact that your people are starting to believe now, you know. That's uh, the thing. It's, it was all sort of that weird situation where up until a few, probably, probably even as recently as the North London derby win, I was thinking, I don't think we'll win it. I mean, we'll... It mm. looks like we'll qualify for the Champions League, yeah. which was the goal at the start of the season. So I'm very happy with with that being the case. Um, and then almost as soon as we won the North London derby, I suddenly thought, oh, hang on a second, we might actually be able to do it. And whereas previously people have been saying, oh, Arsenal were in the title race, I was sort of a bit like, eh, I'm not too sure about that. I fancy City to kind mm. of 
uh, turn around, uh, turn this gap around. Mm. As soon as we won that game, I was suddenly very surprised any time anyone was dismissing Arsenal in the title race. So that that game had a really okay. kind of big yeah. switch in my mind. Yeah, it's funny because last time we we saw you at the pub before the World Cup, and you were very dismissive of any Arsenal title talk. It was just, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to hear about this. I don't yeah. want you talking about this. And it was, it was very dismissive. But it took that game to, to win you round. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's it it does seem like, well, I mean, let's go to five thirty eight, which is the the. You know, mm. prediction of, of choice of on numbers. this. Yeah, sixty-three percent to win the Premier League. More likely than not. Um, that's that's quite incredible. Mm. And you're obviously five points ahead now with a game in hand. You still have to play City twice in the league. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's going to be a lot riding on both of those games because obviously this. You know, you should talk about six pointers. I mean, fucking hell. That's that that could be a big swing and affect those percentages massively. But like they've got their points predictions at the minute of Arsenal finishing on eighty seven and Man City finishing on eighty three. I mean, that's that that's yeah. Winning it with winning it with four points would be all, all right, wouldn't it? I mean, winning it at yeah. all would be fine by me. To yeah. be honest, I'm not too fast. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, fuck it, win it on goal difference, <laughs> win it on transfers made. Trust me, it still feels as good. Um, sorry, Jeff. Again, straight shots there. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, it's half. We're halfway through our season now. Arsenal have played just yeah. ticked over to play nineteen games, and we're on fifty points. And I don't yeah. think any Arsenal side has ever been on that amount at the no, halfway right. stage. No, I'm pretty sure I saw something that yeah, this is the the most points Arsenal. No, there's been only on. there's only one team that's been at, at this point and not finished first, and that was Liverpool a few years ago when Man City had their fucking. Yeah, insane yeah, yeah. season the so. 90, 97 98 point season something for both of them yeah like they so, lose one point wouldn't it yeah all the all the portenses are good is that a word um but portents. Uh, yeah fine i mean it might be a portents word, is but... already pluralized so you don't need to pluralize it again thanks you're welcome that's what they tune in for grammar lessons <laughs> vocabulary hour but i couldn't even say vocabulary <laughs> amazing um, a portmanteau um, of uh, sorry i'm yeah. just trying to pull out all the words i can oh now. what is this um <laughs> Well, let's let's take this game, I guess, the, the most recent game in microcosm, because I think it's a really good kind of summary of Arsenal's season. Um, Arsenal 3, Manchester United 2, obviously a late Eddie Nketiah winner, uh, unbelievable, um, coming from behind in that game. And not just that, but the XG on FB ref yeah. has it as 3.1 to 0.4. I mean, is there is there any more kind of revelation or representation of how Arsenal have been by the fact that Eddie Nketiah is starring in this Arsenal team right now. Like Arteta's transformation of it is kind of finally coming massively into fruition. Yeah, I think I, I put in the Slack, you and I were talking about this, Jack. I, his kind of growth as a player over the past 12 months is remarkable, considering this time last year he had six months left on his contract and a lot of Arsenal fans were like, oh God, we we better kind of ship him out because mm. he's going to leave on a free. We need to get some money for him. And obviously this time last year, uh, we had, I'm not sure if Bamiyang had gone yet, but he was on the way out and Lacazette had just uh, dropped yeah, off. Yeah, it feels like a roundabout now. feels like yeah. a roundabout now a year ago. And, and Lacazette just dropped off a cliff. So the only reason Nketiah ever really got into the Arsenal side was because of a complete lack of other options. 
and mm. he obviously performed very well at the back end of last season. But development in his all-round game, I think, uh, this season, since, well, I suppose even more so, we've been able to see it since Jesus got injured after the World Cup, yeah. is, is really, really impressive. Because I always thought of him as a penalty box striker, good at sort of tap-ins and a good finisher, but the kind of striker that felt a little bit outdated that you don't really see too many of anymore. But he's his sort of improvement in his physicality and his hold-up play and his movement off the ball, uh, the way he's able to link up, particularly with Saka, I think he's got a really good connection yeah. with, is is so impressive the way he's improved. And yeah, like you say, it's, it's kind of a nice... Um, a nice summation of the ways that Arteta has been able to improve mm-hmm. this Arsenal side is kind of the abilities that he's he's thriving yeah. in now. I mean, you, you mentioned Gabriel Jesus there and anyone that plays fantasy football will know how much he was being celebrated and the, the key to this Arsenal attack and everything. And I think it's really telling that he, he hasn't been in the team since the World Cup and this is still how you're performing. Um, similarly, Zinchenko, uh, who has obviously come straight back in and, and been, been incredible. So good, yeah. But you know these players can now just drop in, and, and Arsenal haven't been struggling without them. I mean, you've you've lost one game this season, drawn two, um, and, and even that loss, like that loss, was against Man United at Old Trafford. And I still mm-hmm. think, I still, I don't know if we were the better side that day. And it still, it still annoys me that they won that game because if you remember, that was one where uh, Martin Odegaard's took the ball off um, Ericsson, I think it was, in the centre of the park, yeah. and he like slightly tugged yeah. on his shirt, played it through to Martinelli. The foul and, that never was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I probably shouldn't still be angry about that, but I am. Um, <laughs> and yes, so even that loss, I don't think was necessarily, as not necessarily deserved. Maybe we could have gone a draw out of that game. But yeah, I mean, like our other kind of poor performances... I can maybe think of against Leeds, I think. We ended up winning that game, Leeds away. Yeah. We were pretty bad and we scraped a 1-0 thanks to a Saka great goal. Uh, and we weren't that good against Southampton uh, away either. We drew that one, but we had the chances to win. And normally, there are, I'm kind of picking out one or two good Arsenal games at halfway point in the season. And now I'm picking out one or two, not even necessarily bad ones, but ones where we haven't been... Where the results not been exactly what you would have liked from the performance, yeah, yeah that is yeah. that is quite a change for Arsenal, isn't it? And I think this um, this game really did epitomise that 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 change in Arsenal in that you you just don't you, you're like a dog with a bone, like when it comes to it, when when this game was two um, two, I was I was watching mm. it and I had. Like I, as you know, Chuck, I had quite a good betting day on, uh, well, quite a good betting weekend. So I had Arsenal as part of a, a an accumulated, literally just an Arsenal win as part of a four fourfold from nine selections like thing going on. And at that point, I'd had a few good ones come in. So I was like, oh, I can I can lay it, I can lay the bet and bet on a, a draw and Man United. So then when. Uh, it was two two, and I'd I'd watched about fifteen minutes of Arsenal mm. absolutely fucking battering them, and I was like, right, I'm done with this. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna cash out that Man United draw, Man, draw stroke Man United double chance, whatever they call it, bet, cash that out, and then two minutes later, Arsenal got the winner, and I, it, everything worked out for me. But it was just because I was like, 
they are not going to survive any longer than this. You know, it, it, it was inevitable. It genuinely felt inevitable that Arsenal would get that winner. And that's certainly for, for me, because I, I used to love watching Man United. I've, I've talked about it on the pod before. Man United-Arsenal used to be a match I used to always make sure I was in the pub app for my uni mm. years, you know, because it was fucking great. The atmosphere was always good. So for me, it was great to see a brilliant Arsenal-Man United match again. and but But one where in... The previous 10 years, for instance, we've talked about how Arsenal have been um, a bit soft and have let their heads go down. And sometimes, yeah. the, f- sometimes the fans have been uh, had some responsibility with that. The Emirates has not been a brilliant a atmosphere sometimes yeah, when, no, when you know, um, Arsenal have been, have been going down. But no longer, you know, this is just... It, it genuinely felt inevitable that Arsenal would get this, this winner. I didn't... I didn't I didn't doubt it when it was 2-2 and you just saw them just knocking on the door constantly and that is a huge change for Arsenal and we've uh, you know it's, it's been mentioned where even when they concede right get the ball back to the centre circle we're fucking off like you know you know they seem angry that they've conceded Arsenal used to just be passive about that yep. sort of stuff well, they and had, it's on, no longer back to the day too. They had Troy Deeney and Mark Chapman asked him after doing the Arsenal game about his his cojones comment. You know, oh, a few right, years yeah. ago, that famous post match or, or pre match, whatever it was, and it was completely right. Then just you just knew how to make Arsenal crumble. Mm. Um, there was a game with Palace around that point where I think Benteke absolutely bullied. Um, uh, the other Ga- was there another Gabriel and Mustafi? Well, I mean Mustafi El. Gabriel Paulista and Mustafi. I was at I was at the yes. Emirates for that game. Oh, blimey! There you and- go. Um, and and just it it was so easy. And now it just doesn't seem like that. I mean Ben White obviously had an off day. Um, but the, but the, that's a I've good said. point, Chuck. You can have a player have, and he had a bad half. <laughs> you know, he really did. Mm. You can have a player do that and still beat Man United yeah. because a decisive change was made. Because I don't think it was an injury, was it? It was a genuine. He was uh, booked, but yeah, like like you say, he he yeah. had a really quite a poor half by his high standards for the season. But then you can bring. Tommy Asu in and he had a yep. he had a good half you know and and it not sort of derail anything you know yeah it was uh, it was it was a very impressive performance I thought yeah no I, I I agree and I think even when we when sorry we we try and present some form of impartiality when Arsenal went uh, why don't worry about <laughs> it that's not that's not we don't do that here uh, fair enough. not a problem when when Arsenal went two one up in sort of years gone by even though I was talking earlier about the kind of nerves I feel now in these games in years gone by I would have been like okay just like shut up shop desperate not to concede but the Mm. sort of relentless pressure Arsenal were putting on in the final third I was like Mm. yeah I feel I feel like we're going to win it now and even though the uh, United equaliser was a bit of a hammer blow because I I think it was probably a bit of a Ramsdale mistake poor yeah. attempt to claim uh, claim a corner and uh, just sort of dropping it to Lissandro Martinez but even then the like you say Ian the, the pressure that we were putting on in that last sort of 20-15 minutes was such that I thought I kind of trusted the players that they will create enough chances where they, they should score and yeah. uh, thankfully they did I think that's a good a good subject to kind of pivot slightly onto the the Man United side of it that what you say there about how you would feel about Arsenal a couple of years ago kind of feels like United now I mean I don't think anyone can doubt 
the work that Ten Hag has done. Um, yeah, I'm calling him Ten Hag. Look, look at that. Yeah, we, we've, uh, we've had to. Yeah, technically, <laughs> technically should be what five Hag now, I think. Um, but you know, I'm I'm seeing past it, guys. I'm rounding up to ten. Um, Growth, <laughs> but. I think that's that's kind of right because you know we recorded before the Palace game and it, and it kind of felt the same as this that like Man United didn't push to go for that killer blow at all. Um, granted, they're away from home and the Emirates is a, is a completely different beast um, from how it was two seasons ago. Mm. Now, like the fans actually get behind the team and are creating that atmosphere. And I mean, I used to I couldn't watch Arsenal games because the the quietness of the crowd used to wind me up. Like genuinely, it just didn't feel right watching the game. But United are kind of on that same path as Arteta came in. And so I just think it I just found that really interesting. You, you can see the comparisons there with a team that is still a bit fragile, even if um, Dr. Dr. Sir Marcus is is having a bloody lovely time and, uh, you know, the highest scoring Englishman this year or whatever it is and nine goals in eight. Yeah, the, the parallels, sorry, I was just saying the parallels are really quite, it's a good point to raise because, in the similar sort of way to Arsenal were when Arteta first came in, a lot of the attack was relying on counters and then Aubameyang pulling out kind of an individual piece of excellent finishing. You sort of feel a little mm-hmm. bit like that with United at the moment. They've obviously got Bruno in midfield, who's a little bit more creatively capable than some of the uh, midfielders Arsenal had when Arteta first uh, sort of took over. But it does feel like a lot is riding on Rashford to pull something out of the bag in the final uh, third. But what he ha- what Ten Hag has done and what Arteta did as well is he's shored up United defensively and solidified their midfield base quite a lot more, I yeah. think. They're still happier in possession than out of it though. Like I think when they're when they're out of possession, they do sometimes look a little bit panicked still. I think there's definitely been strides made in in organisation, without a doubt. But it, I, I think, whereas, for instance, oh, well, maybe they're a bad example at the minute, but certainly in, in previous seasons, you know, when Man City have, if it's ever happened, given up possession within, you know, five, six seconds, you, you can see the shape, the defensive shape solidifying. I'm not getting that with Man United quite no. yet. It, take, it takes them much longer to sort of realise and when you're dealing with an attack like Arsenal the speed the speed at which they attack and the sacker and that it was it, it was pretty clear that when they did lose possession they were they were in trouble pretty quickly yeah um, but you know that. but Ten Hag's only I'm, I'm going to I've been harsh on him in the past and I'm going to cut him some slack now because of how, how well he's done albeit against a lot of maybe slightly more mid-table opponents but still I I think he deserves some some plaudits, but I, I I still think it's in evidence that they they are happier when they're keeping possession. And against Arsenal, that's that's not going to happen, you know. Adam, happy Leandro Trossard? I'm I'm very happy, very very happy. I sound like an incredibly kind of wanky football Twitter hipster thing to say, but when he was at Genk, I was uh, <laughs> no before he joined Brighton, there was rumours that Arsenal were after him. <laughs> In yeah. the uh, January of the summer, he joined, and I did the classic thing of watching a few YouTube compilations, and was convinced he was the next kind of best thing. Um, and I've always, I've always liked him as a player. I think he's he's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. He's very versatile as well. And obviously, as much as you might hate to uh, admit this, Chuck, coming from Brighton, he's kind of very, he's used to very tactically adept coaches and tactically 
Uh, yeah, well, he doesn't. He doesn't play for Brighton anymore, so I can. Be oh, so you can like him? Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I think he's a very, very good player and offering us depth in a position that I think we desperately need it because our mm-hmm. our attack is kind of threadbare uh, at the moment, especially with Jesus looks like he's probably going to be out for another couple of months and Smith Rose only mm-hmm. just coming back to fitness. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a, a very, very good league ready yeah. uh, reinforcement. Whereas yeah, of- I think that's key. I think it. I think it, it hit right in that perfect sweet spot of someone who can contribute to this Arsenal team in a slightly longer term, as well as being good for right now. Mm. You know, yeah. If you look at the the fee itself, what was it touted about twenty seven million? You can yeah. kind of understand. Okay, he had. You know. I mean, I think Brighton could have extended his contract. So I think the whole last year of contract stuff was a bit rubbish. Um, so I th- I think he sits right in the perfect ground of a deal done really well. Um, especially yeah, when... That's a, that's a hell of a fee. That's like, that's re- that does... I was a little bit sceptical, but I was like, oh, why, why, are they, why are they going through? I mean, Adam raises some good points there because obviously the, the mm. one thing we've talked about it that could derail Arsenal is injury problems. It, you know, whereas Man City yeah. feel like they've got a second 11 ready to go. You know, Arsenal could could be derailed with injury problems. I was still a little bit sceptical about Trossard, but then when I saw it, like you say, about sort of in the mid-20s for the transfer fee, I was like, fucking hell, yeah, of course. They, they bit their hand off. I, don't, I can see why. Well, you know? Especially when the kind of big alternative being touted was Mudrick and he went for 100 million in the end. And you think... Yeah. It's, 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 it's almost like you teed up that perfect segue, Adam. You've <laughs> <laughs> okay, been doing is. this before. Yeah, you know, you could have gone for Mudrick um, who obviously he had a, a 15 minute cameo I mean I guess yeah Chelsea nil Liverpool nil um, thank you for that uh, wonderful Arsenal chat as well um, but well, y- you know you're going to be here multiple weeks so you're not getting that long um, all the time <laughs> get it out of the way um, but you know Man United being mugged off I'm, I'm here for it um, yeah Liverpool 1.4 xg Chelsea 1.6 xg weirdly I did, yeah, nil-nil. Um, <laughs> the most championship game of championship games I've seen in the league between two teams that are meant to be good. Um, and that Mudrik guy's fast, I guess. Do you think maybe the Twitter discourse is getting ahead of itself a little bit by saying how much of an incredible player he's going to be? I think it was just compared to what we had watched for the previous like 60 minutes exactly. or so. It was such... <laughs> yeah. like When I say it was like boring i was kind of actively trying to find other interesting things in my flat to take my attention away <laughs> from it it is such a low quality game for the kind of storied caliber of that fixture especially when you think mm. about the champions league ties that have happened between the two and the kind of high drama that we've seen in the past it was it was yeah it was just such a poor and poor quality in terms of spectacle but also i thought that like technical quality to like look at some of the players and the way they were misplacing passes or the lack of control they sometimes had it was yeah just very disappointing it just felt really sad it did it was just really sad yeah and i felt sorry for him in a way just like what have you become it's like you know walking in on someone just sat there in their pants empty beer cans all around them pizza boxes and all that like what have you 
what have you become? Yeah, you were very good about that. Thanks, mate. You got me some help. It was really nice of you. It was my words of encouragement. Um, speaking of words of encouragement, I mean, he's not here, but obviously he wanted to get a a 30-second spot on. Um, I mean, he's done 39 seconds, but, you know, we won't hold him against him. So here's words from our transatlantic friend. Hey, it's Oscar here with another report from Chelsea Island. Um, I'm old enough to remember when Chelsea versus Liverpool was a good match between two elite teams and not whatever the fuck that was over the weekend. Um, Boring. The answer is boring. It was boring. Uh, So, I don't know. There's that. We signed another winger, probably another two. I don't know. It's hard to keep track. Um, But the only good thing is that Chile and Reese are back. Uh, Do not be tempted into putting them in your FPL team. That is a bad idea. But we might be decent for a few weeks while they're around until they inevitably get hurt again. So, yay, Chelsea, question mark. Also, hi, Adam, you're doing a great job. Proud of you. Oh, Lovely. There's some lovely parting words there as well. That's con- condescending. Anyway. <laughs> it, it feels a bit, but, it, but, you know, it's so far removed from the punching bag times. Um, oh, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah, we've got, oh, what a journey we've been on. Um, Oscar indeed alludes to um, two wingers because uh, Chelsea not only signed uh, Mikhailo Mudrik, uh, carrying on the uh, double, the, the re- repetitive initials uh, that Todd Bowley loves, um, but also signed Noni Madueke from uh, PSV, uh, another winger, because they needed more um, for about forty million or so um, on a forty-year contract. Forty-year, co- yeah, eight-year, <laughs> eight-year FC um, leading UEFA to change the rules um, because of how they're just clearly overspending in a. Oscar don't give took a shit that well the in the way. WhatsApp, didn't he, Chuck? He took that very well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he was so bitter about it. Oh, well, PSG and Man City can do it, but no, no, Juventus can do it. I was like, yeah, but Juventus have got criminal proceedings. Yeah, Bolly, someone needs to take the keys off him. <laughs> Tell him to calm down a minute. They're, they're still going, um, like we said before, Anthony Gordon, maybe, um, Amadou Onana, Moises Caicedo, leading Brighton to do what they did with Kukurea again and put out an interview saying how he's not going anywhere. Remember how that lasted, guys. Who else? Enzo Fernandez of World Cup fame potentially just 120 million they might drop on him um if- I mean even with the incredibly long contracts I said, I said it last week they're gonna have to sell some players and it's gonna be under market value you would have thought there's gonna be some bargains going at Chelsea just because they're gonna have to get people off the book surely even with the crazy long contracts, you know, because I presume once they're, you know, once they're locked in, even with a UEFA change of rules, that'll only be on transfers going forward. I presume they can't yeah, am- amend they contracts can. that have already been, you know, done. It, I, I just, even with those long contracts, with the amount of money we're talking, surely they've got to get rid of some players. And it, I just, I just wonder who, because like, like you say, all the, all the talent they've bought has been in the, in the attacking areas. So what? Who who are they going to lose? I just don't. I just don't know how this is all going to. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of talk about out. Pulisic, Ziyech, um, Abamian getting shipped out already. I've seen some stuff about Sterling already getting being looked really? at, and being sold. Jesus. Um, yeah, which is mad. Um, I just think there's got to be some form of fire sale. They're up to the point. I mean, a lot of these players are so young that they're not counted in the squad. You know the squad allowance that you get, whatever it is, the twenty-six man squad you can name. Um, But they've just got too many players. 
it's like we were talking about Nottingham Forest uh, needing them, but Chelsea already had a squad. Like I get it, they've got injuries, but all of their players come back, and it's like where did where do they go? What? Yeah. And also, do they need a bigger coach. Well, that's the thing. It's it's like they've got too many players, but they still need to sign a midfielder. It's not like they've yeah. kind of filled yeah. out their squad appropriately, at least with Nottingham Forest. They've bought all of the players in all of the yeah. positions, so they're well stocked. <laughs> but Chelsea have, like, they've bought badly, badly, if that makes sense. They've just bought loads mm. of attackers. Yeah, okay. And they haven't I mean, fought. they've got Everton. He's gone well, for Everton. That is true, yeah. And they both wear blue. Yeah, both wear blue. Like, that's... The... Coincidence? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> oh, if you've if you've even lost Chuck on a conspiracy theory, you're in trouble. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, give it give it time. Give it time. I, I can't I can't you know throw them all out there. Um, but yeah, I think I I really worry about the the eight year deal stuff, the seven and a half year deals, uh, because these players that you know they're going to be on big money if they're doing that, mm. and you're going to get these players where you know. Four years down the line, potentially, Chelsea will have gone through another two managers and they're going to have these players that they just can't ship because they're effectively going to have the the value of players that are at the start of a five-year contract if they're really that good. Like, mm. I do understand getting resale value for these players once they hit like 25, 27, 28, like those kind of ages. But... I mean, the way European football's going, like no one's going to be able to afford to buy them. Barcelona will be out of business by the time Mudrik's um, <laughs> contract ends. All the Juventus guys will be eight years into a life sentence. <laughs> uh, the French League would have folded, but it will just be the PSG Memorial League and Kylian Mbappe will lord over it all. Oh, it like, is. Yeah. It's just going to be... It, it, the landscape of football is going to be so different that I just think it's... It just feels really dumb. Like... There's clearly a reason why this hasn't been done before, and I don't think it's not been done in like because it's a clever way of doing the business. I don't know, but also you know it's not my money, like Oscar says, <laughs> not my fucking money, not even my club. Chelsea's spending of money seems baked into the club now, but this this does seem this does seem next level, and it does it does make you wonder because. Obviously, Bowley's seemingly taken charge of a lot of this. Um, I mean, there's been word that there's other people involved in recruitment now, but they even if even if it was just let's say it was just Todd Bowley doing doing it all himself, like he can he can read newspapers, he can yeah, listen. Are you sure? Uh, are you well, sure? <laughs> can he? he, he the I believe he first suggested that they should play a four four three formation. <laughs> Yes, yes. I mean, we can't, so we can't count, but he might be able to read or, or listen to a podcast where, you know, everyone has been saying that, that they are overspending on attacking players. This is not what they need. And it just seems like a, a real, forget an understanding of football, just an understanding of, of English. <laughs> just, you know, that people are telling you this. It's me on FIFA career mode. Like it really well, is. That just yeah. feels like what it is. You you press the thing to get you know to pretend your club got bought out. You get a billion in transfer money, and you just buy everything, um, and then worry about it later. That kind of sit because all those players they've got, like you know, I'm not entirely sure on all the contract situations. But what if Sterling just like no, I'm happy here. Like I've just yeah. settled. I've just moved. This is well, where I want to be. Yeah, he's from Granted, London originally, you know, so that's he's from not London out of the originally. Question. No, and I know there's you know there's been a lot of issues for him with his house, um, you know the the break in at his house during the World Cup and that kind of stuff, 
Aubameyang signed a few years. What if he doesn't want to move from London? Um, yeah, there's nothing to stop back. these players just going, that's all right, just sit it out, cheers. You know, keep the money rolling in, I'll turn it to training. Yeah. No worries. Like it, it's, it can easily create a very difficult situation. So, mm. I don't know, I'll grab the popcorn and enjoy that. Um, and well, anything- as a neutral, as a neutral, I genuinely am. I'm enjoying... I enjoy watching good football and this was not. But yeah. just on a wider thing, I'm enjoying the fact that big clubs are mid-table and that you're bright. And, I mean, obviously, I don't like how Newcastle have done it. I was going to say, you're enjoy- little underdogs like Newcastle. So State <laughs> back, you know, the heart The tiny atom dead to dream. No, <laughs> let's, let's, you know, I, I'm no fan of the Saudi regime. Let me make that clear. But, mm. um, um, you know, it is... Just anything that mixes it up is is fun. Like like I'm even in, in I'm even enjoying Arsenal being top because it mixes it up. It's all it's all just something that hasn't been seen in the last few years. So you know, sign yes. me up. Obviously, we've not seen Man City coming up behind a team like an absolute fucking freight train with a, yeah, but, a Nordic yeah, but it's not been shield. Arsenal <laughs> and, and Newcastle haven't been behind them. Um, Man United have been shit. I'm not enjoying seeing Man United be better, but you know, Man United yeah. have been shit. This is just like there are there are eight teams that you would expect to be up for Champions League, uh, you know, a, a chance of Champions League football. And it's, you know, it's not going to happen for all of them. It can only happen for half of them. And that's fun. That's more fun than it's been in a while. Like the the wider league, you know, the there's lots of good managers in there. There's lots of good players playing for previously mid-table teams. I think it's a, I think it's fun. I think it's a, a, a lot of fun, the league this year. It's I'm enjoying it as a neutral, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I I think there's there's something to be said. I mean, you know, the downfall is fun. Um, Liverpool. Uh, do we have anything really to say about Liverpool that's any different? It just feels so consistent now. Like they brought in Gakpo, uh, hasn't really changed much. They're in a similar situation to to Chelsea where they need a midfield. Van but they're not going to spend any money this this January. Yeah, that does seem to be the big difference. Liverpool are not like you don't even really see them linked with anybody. That no. kind of and Mm-mm. God, the press will link Liverpool with practically any player on the earth. But well, it's Bellingham. Be... Bellingham is the big one, isn't it? Really, let's face it. That is. That I don't know how they do the. I don't know how they do the deal without selling someone though. And certainly not if they don't finish in the Champions League places. Like, why would Bellingham do? I mean, obviously Liverpool have had an excellent recent track record, uh, and a, a sort of you would back them to come back from this, but. Bellingham needs to be playing Champions League footballs and he'll have other offers yeah. like Real Madrid is the other big link so I mm. think if he had the choice between the two in the mm. summer and Liverpool aren't in the Champions League it's a pretty easy decision to make yeah definitely a player like Bellingham who's not exactly wedded to playing in England obviously you know so why yeah why not you know it's, there's definitely other competitors that you would go to other than other than Liverpool at the minute um yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what changes with Liverpool for the rest of the season. To be honest, it's 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 going to be interesting to see if they get any. Um, so far off the top, twenty one points off. They're so far, yeah. It, but it's, it's it's the summer that's going to be interesting. It's going to be it's yeah. going to be interesting whether they get any extra investment or even a full sale. They're, FSG is saying oh, it's not full sale or after, but let's be honest. If if a good offer came in, I think they're they're ready to cash out. Um, and it's going to be an interesting summer for Liverpool, but it ain't going to be an interesting rest of the season for them. I think they're going to they're going to be like this for a while. It's going to be there will be some regression to the mean, I imagine, but it's it's they're they're not going to be 
challenging the Champions League space. Yeah, I was about to say, is, are we at that point where now, halfway through the season, even Champions League football, whether they're 10 points off Man United and fourth? Is that... Ian, Ian, go to the percentages. I know you got well, them Well, I, I, just, I just did, and I'm, I'm actually surprised. Liverpool are, are still... Like twenty nine percent, five thirty eight. I've got them in fifth. Now, admittedly, your your next one up is Newcastle at fifty five percent. So more likely than not. But it's just you got yeah. So Liverpool twenty nine percent, Tottenham twenty two, and Brighton twenty two. Could be the FA Cup situation where the team, obviously, you know, the the teams for Europe, it, it could put in another team in the league. You know what I mean? That gets through or because oh, they're still in the cha- sort of thing in, yeah. they're, they're still in the Champions League as well. So if you win the Champions League you get through and they'll probably still be fancied in that. That that will affect all your percentages. Um sorry, FA Cup is Europa League, isn't it? You get that. Um but you know it still could pivot and, and switch the, the games around. But yeah, we like like Adam said at the start, we're halfway through the season now. We're at a really good spot that's indicative of how these teams, you know, if they perform the same way they have. But underlying numbers, they're fourth. Um, it's, it's fairly tight. Fourth, Man United in fifth, just behind them. Then Brighton, just behind that. Yeah. Um, there's about, you know, point one of a goal per 90 between them. But point one of an expected goal But the goal thing is, you can, you, can, you can talk about these these stats all you like, and, and we do. But, but football's like, played on grass, isn't it, by men? <laughs> I don't want to do that, but no, let's just let's right. just look at the league, though. You said 10 points behind uh, the fourth-place team. Well, yeah, they're also um, seven points behind Tottenham. There's Brighton ahead of them. Yeah. There's Brentford ahead of them. There's um, Fulham ahead of them. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. teams. It, I know that, you know, no one expects Fulham to, you know... Uh, uh, there's only the cha- one fixture, like, there's... there's Three, you know, one win in that block takes them above all those teams, though. Yeah, to, but to I'm just saying, it's a there are a lot of teams, and there are points. Yeah. You know, there are points to make up, and that is what you've got to do. And Liverpool don't show any signs yet. If there were, if there were signs of life, I'd go. Yep, yeah, fair enough. You know, mm. Liverpool might scrape it back. I just don't see any signs of life, so well, yeah. I don't know where the 29 percent comes from. And, it, and it's also, if we're going to look at it, you know, you think about how much we've spoken about Tottenham and not knowing what they are and seeing like they're feeling like they're a bit abject, and you know, the second half kind mm. of uh, switching on syndrome. And granted, there's there's games in hand difference, but you know, we've been really harsh on them, and they're still seven points ahead of them. It's like, true. Tottenham mm. in fifth, so. You know, I do think we've kind of gone easy on Liverpool because they're just, you know, statistically, yeah, they're okay, but they just look bad. I mean, Salah's been awful compared to how he is. Salah's, like, regressed to his Chelsea performances. Like, (laughs) was Sadio Mane really, like, the absolute key in that? Did that mean, you know, having that winger that can bomb on? And I know they've got big injuries. You know, Luis Diaz has been a huge miss and Diogo Jota has. But even before that, they weren't a great shakes. Remember the early in the season? I still think that Palace missed... uh, Nunes got sent off and went down to 10 and we held on for a draw. Like, now on the balance of the season as a whole, I'm going to say, like, that seems like a poor result for Palace. Should have done more, considering that, that, that Liverpool have won eight out of 19 games. Um... So, you know, Chelsea and Liverpool, massive, massive regression. And like you said, Chelsea are kind of spending now to do it. But do we see, you know, Liverpool got rid of a lot of analytics and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't good. seem good. More than a quarter of their goals came against Bournemouth in that one yeah. game in August. Yeah, <laughs> that 9-0 when they were back. 
it's just insane, isn't it? Mm. But other than that one game, they've been terrible in front of goal, yeah. and it's just, it, I, yeah, it I, it doesn't see it show any signs of recovery. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, other places in the league. I mean, Aston Villa getting a one nil win. Emery doing um, good things. Uh, really, uh, Aston Villa. Um, sorry, Aston Villa. Um, or beer, if we're going to go for the uh, Basque pronunciation. Um, and why wouldn't we? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> big in the Basque country. That's why. Big in the Basque. We all like big at the Basque. Um, <laughs> uh, the shock result, I guess, really, of the week. Um, Leicester pulling a, a 2 all out against Brighton um, after everyone's been uh, lauding them. Uh, how? <laughs> um, no Burnleys this week uh, I guess well Tottenham 0.9 to Fulham's 1.0 or Palace's 0.3 to Newcastle's 1.2 and a, and a nil nil um, I don't really have a lot to say about this it's nice to get another point after a point against Man United <laughs> and I love Michael Elise he does a bloody good free kick um, incredibly shock results I did not expect those two points from those two games so that's good um, although I think it changed our relegation percentage from six to five so it shows you how congested things are down there um, what with uh, well, you're still Darwin, six you're still six we're still six. Oh, oh, so we went from seven to six maybe or oh, okay, it was the other, I can't remember right. there was yeah um, Leeds Brentford nil nil Man City uh, are they back question mark Erling Haaland's making City worse. It's the discourse. (laughs) Oh, it's insane. He's made them better, but also made them worse. He he (laughs) has now won... Uh, if you scored, put his goals across every Premier League season, he would have won 16 golden boots. Um, And and he's played 19 games. That is insane. Uh, His fourth hat-trick in, what was it, 25 games... uh, 20 games in um, I think Rude Van Nistelrooy's record was about 70 games to hit for he's just it's ridiculous uh, absolute freak um, I guess the main thing that, that we've seen from Guardiola we know he's been a bit batshit over the years um, but kind of coming out and saying he doesn't recognise his team um, mm. doesn't recognise the passion the that fight that kind of stuff doesn't you know geeing up the crowd he's, he's you know he's been known in the past to tell people to go out and make sure they fill the stadium and that kind of thing. Um, and that he'd prefer them to boo than to be silent. Um, do we think maybe that's because of him seeing the impact that Arteta's had at the Emirates and the atmosphere and that kind of extra gain for him? I think it might be a little bit of that, but I think also he's probably... Guardiola's the kind of character, like you say, does come out with some kind of batshit stuff. But when when things aren't going wrong, or when things aren't going right and they are going wrong, because he is so meticulous in his preparation and his tactics and he plans mm-hmm. everything out to the like nth degree, he does sort of flail around a little bit and kind of grasp at tactical yeah. and literal straws to try and solve <laughs> the problem. Um, and I, I sort of feel like the effectively calling out the crowd for not being loud enough is how I read it. That sort of felt like that was to me, even though... It sort of is a little bit true. The Etihad now, mm-hmm. now Arsenal fans have sort of stopped booing their own players. Um, <laughs> the Etihad is probably the, very gracious of them. The, yeah, well, it's, yeah, very kind. Um, the Etihad probably is the kind of most sort of quiet place in the league, yeah. other than Fulham. But at Fulham, everyone's just nice. So I think I think we give them a pass. Um, <laughs> They're all busy. They've all got Victoria's sponge in their mouth and cheese exactly, boards. Yeah. They're all trying to get the angles right and so yeah. they can divide it among all the crowd. Yeah, But yeah, no, I think, 
to someone with a cake protractor. <laughs> I used to be in a band called Cake Protractor. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that before or after the Caravan of Chaos? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so many bands. So many bands, so little time. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's uncharted territory, really, for, for Pep, because we've never seen him at a club for, for this long before. It does feel like we saw it kind of with Potch and those managers that are very almost like cultish in in their way like you really have to buy into the principles and that and because you, you get fatigued by it and so I'm wondering if we're going to see potential like shake-ups at City and sales of players that we wouldn't expect um, perhaps and, and a few moving on I mean look look all of a sudden how's Joao Cancelo has just been dropped mm. like yeah apropos of nothing and I've seen a few games of Rico Lewis and he's doing incredibly well for a 17 18 year old like there is no doubt that guy's going to be great but mm. like he's right now he's not better than Cancelo so I just find it weird because he's he's almost doing that in a way that like he wouldn't he wasn't doing previously with like Phil Foden for example when everyone was saying he should be playing him um a few years ago so I don't know, perhaps there's going to be some sort of mass clear out, especially with Chelsea spending all this money. Like, And an, an Arsenal title win would fucking light a fire under him again, wouldn't it? Because I do sometimes think Guardiola gets a bit bored and just does mad shit. Yeah, like, and I do, And I sometimes wonder whether he might just, you know, call it at City and just go, oh, I'm done now, I've done that. Let's, you know, take a year off and then do what I want do the next thing yeah. but um an arsenal title win might just go nah fuck that let's, let's try i don't know and reinvent i think he, i think he'd come out and go i'm so happy i'm so 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 happy i'm so happy <laughs> he'll, he'll so find happy. a way to take credit for it yeah yeah absolutely i was gonna say he'll like say oh it's like i, I want it like adjacent or you know <laughs> it's because take of it as me. a victory yeah yeah okay yeah it's mad it as well like it's, it's Arteta's first fucking job as well sorry just to go back to Arsenal I don't really want to but you know Adam's here so I'll be kind it's his it's, it's first fucking job insane insane what he's done there so um, okay well yeah City done uh, they're probably going to win the league let's face it um, and uh, Jared Bowen <laughs> oh Jared Bowen yeah. Jared Bowen um, for those that don't know we do a differential uh, pick on our FPL podcast each week uh, where we have to pick a player owned by less than 10% of people Ian picked Jared Bowen this week <laughs> and I told him he was an absolute fucking idiot um, there's a reason why you're about 80 points ahead of me now for the season uh, it's not uh, even close um, uh, putting the death knell in the coffin of just target ever just Frank Lampard you know. Get better. Everton should get Big Duncan for fuck's sake. Just scream at everyone. It worked. It worked last time. Um, Has Moisey done enough to kind of stay his execution? Yeah, because I think because I think West Ham will probably be okay. Mm. That's the thing. It's 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 one of them like West Ham always felt like they were too big to go down until they did. But genuinely, when you look at this. Premier Premier League, you you look at the teams down there and you you think you've got Everton, you've got Bournemouth, you've got Southampton, you've got Wolves, Forest, all feel like better contenders to go down than West Ham, mm. just because of the quality of the squad. Um, and yeah, it's not been clicking and and it's not been great. But eighteen months ago, we were talking about how fucking great it yeah, looked. So true. it's yeah. just got sort Europe. of. You know, it's 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 tricky. It, I, I think he's a good enough manager and I think West Ham have got a good enough squad that it, it won't be a problem. It's not been working lately, but I don't think they'll go down. Mm. So and I don't think they'll be even in the relegation, uh, 
you know, mix up when it comes to your your thirty eighth game. I don't think they'll be anywhere near it. To be honest, I think they'll be firmly mid table. Um, and this Everton game came at a good time for West Ham, you know, because it was a gimme, and it, you know, it might Everton games might continue to be gimmies depending on who they get. Well, in. I would agree <laughs> with you on West Ham. I do think they'll probably be all right, and like you say, their squad is their squad is actually quite good and certainly mm. too good to be in that yep. relegation battle. I do still think Moyes' time at West Ham might be up. Like, it almost feels like the squad is evolving beyond him. Like, you mm. look at players like Paqueta, Skamaka, um, even someone like Fournals, mm. they don't really feel like David Moyes-style players. They feel like they've been but, yeah. brought in to play a different style of football. But do you think the game has just evolved beyond Moyes, like generally? Well, that's possible as well. And that's why, because I think West Ham, I think there's some new ownership coming in. Uh, At some point, there's been rumours of a takeover. And I feel like at the end of this season might be a good time for Moyes to sort of step away because we shouldn't forget before he took this job, his reputation was really almost in tatters, really, after the failures at United and Real Sociedad. Um, well, and this is the uh, the first time at West Ham as well. Like it, it hadn't gone yeah. well. Like it was very surprising when he came back, um, and yeah. did so as well as he as he did. So yeah, I, I feel like in the summer would be a good time for him to sort of step away with his reputation amongst the West Ham fans and the kind of wider footballing public restored to probably where it should be, where the leap to the United job definitely came too early. But he's he's a good sort of mid to upper mid-table Premier League manager, I think. Well, he can go to Everton and get him back in the Premier League next season. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's written yeah, in the stars, isn't it? Yeah, uh, a difficult few for West Ham, by the way. It's uh, Newcastle, Chelsea, Tottenham. Oh, well, I say difficult, Chelsea. Um, that'll be an easy win. So, uh, yeah, once to watch there. Um, mentioned FPL there, I guess. I'll talk about FPL. I don't want to. Ugh, uh, my game week rank was 7.4 million. Um Oof. 62 points for the week. Thanks, guys. Uh, Ian, what did you get? I don't 80. know. I, I know mine. No, no. I know my rank was about six and a half million for the game week. I've been, since the World Cup, I've been absolutely <gasps> shocking. I beat you by a point. Did you? Yeah. Oh, so mine was lower then. <laughs> Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Oh, did I take a hit? Of course I did. Yep. Um, okay, that hit was actually quite good and I still managed to fuck it up because I went yeah. Salah and uh, Martial to Odegaard and Kane and I still managed to get a fucking shocking game week rank. Awful, awful FPL player. Uh, don't listen to me. Don't pay the Patreon. Uh, just terrible. No, awful. don't. <laughs> um, uh, finishing on 69 po- <laughs> uh, points for the week. Adam, good week for you, mate. Lovely. Uh, I mean, uh, you could probably see my overall rank is almost exactly two million. I'm having an absolute horror of a season. It's mm, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm up in my ivory tower on two million. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 when we're saying that, Chuck, we're in bad. We're in a bad way. Three point six million. Oof. Yeah, I'm about two. But there's, there's eleven million players now, so this is like a top ten k season five years ago. Big so time. It's fine. Big yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's inflation. So anyway. yeah. Yeah, I got bored activating my wild card, so that's where where I'm oh, at now. Okay, two weeks to think about it. Yeah, no, um, I thought about it one day, and, and uh, 
uh, <laughs> that was that was enough for me. Um, we'll go to the Mophead League, which I still haven't closed. Um, <laughs> in 10th, 79-point game week, Tanmay Gudakar with Pjanic Attack. Gerald Griffith in 9th, 82. Nice, Zaha. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes, Zaha's injured. Shit, I forgot that. Um, <laughs> Baby Jolta, Gabriel Penalosa in 8th. Vin Lee, Vin Lee, Vin Lee, Vin Lee. Still wish you didn't have an emoji as your team name. Um, 82 points. Can I have to get that on the soundboard, aren't I? No, no, no. I like doing it every time. I love Dolly Parton. Um, McGinn and Tonic. uh, Johnny Worthington in sixth. Swap nil Panday with Michael Lowell. Brackets Twitter. Brackets 81 in fifth. Change name. Kieran Hartnett in fourth. Sam Dan Balambi holding firm in uh, third place 76 point week 77 for pad fall being knocked off the top spot by toby ackland and rubberdinia rapids on 13 21 where is toby in the world toby is 48 thousandth wow <laughs> can only dream um i remember when i nearly got in the top 10k last year huh um so yeah eventually i'll remember to close that league or you can join it the winner will get a mystery cert um now oscar's not here so i guess no quiz about him um unless adam you've (laughs) you've decided to uh presume to do yourself a a self-indulgent quiz no i well i figured it would be a little bit self-indulgent for a sort of guest guest hosting appearance to then just suddenly take dedicate an entire section to myself but i have done a quiz he's Uh, done a quiz oh Oh, play the music Don't what? expect you to sing along, Adam, don't worry. Sing, you bastard. <laughs> Dance for me. Yeah, dance monkey, right. Go on then, what's your, what's your quiz, Adam? He's in a Stranger Things hoodie and a thing else. He's Adam P. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, it's very sad that Oscar can't be with us, but sure. Oscars yeah. are in the news because the Oscars were announced today, the Oscar nominations. So I've done a... okay football film related quiz oh god <laughs> okay right i was gonna say i don't know who's got a nominated any Oscars, right. this but, has got um... liverpool chelsea nil nil written all over it <laughs> <laughs> okay go on uh escape to victory um no goal. okay so this is about famous footballers in films um, okay so question number one which england legend starred in such action hits as King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, released in 2017. 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Directed by Guy Ritchie. He is, actually. Um, And The Man from Uncle, released in 2015. 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ian, it it might be 1-0. Oh, fucking hell. (laughs) Actually, no one. Do you want to do answers at the end? Yeah, we'll do yeah, it yeah. Okay. Speaking um, of Oscars, did I, did I ever tell you guys I've held an Oscar? Oh, yeah, yeah an actual one. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Like an, not not like a person called Oscar. Oh, okay. I've done that. <laughs> uh, yeah, an actual Academy Award. I've I've held one. What, what was that? For? What, what, uh, how, my friend, how... <laughs> my friend won it for being uh, lead VFX or VFX supervisor, whatever the title is, on Ex Machina. Oh wow! Uh, when that one? Oh, I love that film. Oh, yeah. Great film. Great film. Beat beat Star Wars, so they were well happy. Yeah, wow. Oscar. Amazing. 88 to 1 to win the award, and no, I didn't bet on it. For <laughs> oh. Oh dear. Uh, okay, so question number two. Vinnie Jones uh, famously starred leading role, I think you'll agree, in X Men The Last Stand. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not where I thought you were going to go. But yeah, no. What year was it released in? And an extra point if you can uh, write down his kind of famous, memorable quote. I uh, know that one. <laughs> yeah, fine. Uh, question three. Which uh, Brazilian World Cup star uh, featured in Triple X, The Return oh of Xander Cage? Oh my god, it's going to be a white one. 2017. Oh, I watched that film, it's so good. His part in it is quite baffling. He was. He was not present for filming. They had to do all... That's why you never see him and Samuel L. Jackson together, because they were never actually together. So they had to film his scenes back to back. Think of a Brazilian footballer from the last few years, Ian. Okay. World Cup star as well. In In a movie where extreme sports stars are made into secret agents. Question four. Frank LaBeouf starred in which 2014 Oscar nominated film? He plays a doctor. He, God, you know, this is incredible how many of these you know. You know. Yeah. Oh, man. He's been an actor for a few years. Always wearing turtlenecks, is Frank. Um, okay, uh, question five. Antoine Griezmann was a voice actor in the French version of The Lego Batman. Which character did he play? As an extra bonus fact, Olivier Giroud was also, I think he was the Green Goblin in an animated Spider-Man film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did. Wow. I knew that one. Why couldn't that be the fucking question? <laughs> Jesus. You, you can have a point. You have a point no. for knowing that. Yeah, it won't get me anywhere, trust me. Oh, must put Lego Lego beforehand, otherwise oh, you yeah. might not I get I not Lego before the answer. that. Well, unless he's playing himself, mate. You know, you've got it. He's, he's not playing Will Ferrell, whichever the human characters are. Um, he's the, the Lego Will Ferrell. <laughs> That'll be so random. <laughs> Get Ed Griezmann in to play the Lego Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell does not do his own voice. Doesn't do his own voice. <laughs> and uh, final question: um, Which former Premier League footballer had a brief cameo in the 1997 sci-fi classic The Fifth Element? Huh? No idea. Bruce, Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking hell, this is going to be an absolute Wait, as in they, were, they were in the film after they were a footballer or they were a footballer after they were in the film? They were a footballer after they were in the film. Yeah. I've heard <laughs> it's the little kid that runs around. Again, I can't I'm remember. Sorry, oh. if you know this one, this is just you absurd. You can fuck off. It is. It, it's the kid. You know, at the beginning where they run around and like they're in the... Anyway, no, I don't, I don't know who it is, but I'm going to guess. I think it's a Spanish player. Okay, uh, ready for the answers? This. Yeah. yeah. Right, question number one. Chuck, you, you seemed to think you knew it. David Beckham. It is David Beckham. He plays it, a knight, and he's like, he's, oh, I'm really tough. Yeah, it's it's incredibly jarring to see like people sort of <laughs> suddenly cut to David Beckham in like, he's like in a full knight's outfit as well. He, he looks, yeah. It, it should have got the hate that Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones got. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's even more <laughs> jarring. Because I was like, I was, I was fine with Ed Sheeran. Like that's fine, little yeah. ginger guy with a guitar in the woods. But yeah. anyway, okay. Uh, question two: uh, Vinnie Jones starred in X Men: The Last Stand, leading role. What year was the film <laughs> released in? And bonus point: if you can uh, tell me his memorable quote. Ian, do you want to go first? Um, 
I put 2008 and put, um, have that, you mutant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. It's, it's not, not far, far off. off. No, it's not okay. far I'm off. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> Correct. Fuck that was now. And I think 2005? It was 2006. Oh. But you get the bonus point anyway. So close. Yay! <sighs> I can't believe I'm the juggernaut, bitch, is an actual lie in a sort of... Yeah. Multi-million dollar franchise. He's a good actor. Good actor. First okay. time. <laughs> First time. <laughs> yeah. I missed his turn in Schindler's List. Go on. Yeah, my God. <sighs> uh, no, moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, which Brazilian World Cup superstar starred in 2017's film didn't belong to the year 2017. It was released in 2017. <laughs> it should uh, stay there. It should. Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Ian, what did you guess? Cafu. Oh, Ian, it's Neymar. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, Neymar, well, Junior. Uh, his mum was not present. Imagine if that was one of the reasons he faked an injury, to go and film that. Wouldn't put, oh, wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's done it for worse things, Adam. <laughs> Hashtag smashing mummy. <laughs> Oh dear. Okay, all right. Let's get this massacre done with then. Question four: Frank Lobeuf, Doctor Beef, starred in which Oscar-nominated film in 2014? I can't remember. I know he's a doctor in it. Uh, Nutty Professor Two: The Clumps. <laughs> no, <laughs> idiot. Uh, that was like 2001. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Redmayne, The Theory of Everything. Oh, I've seen yeah. that as well. He is he is a yeah. doctor in it though. You are you are right, Chuck. Yeah, Amazing. yeah. I was trying to think. Yeah, he's there when they're like diagnosing the. Anyway, question five. <laughs> Antoine Griezmann <laughs> voiced which character in the French version of Lego Batman? I put, I put Lego Robin. I put Lego Superman. Ian, correct. Yes, I got oh, Lego Superman. Oh yes, well played. Oh, I'm so work. happy I got a point. And you get a bonus point for knowing Olivier Giroud was the green goblin. I'm only saying that because I've won. <laughs> yeah, because um, you know you've won. Yeah. Final question. Which former Premier League footballer had a brief cameo in 1997's The Fifth Element? Uh, I put Fabregas. Uh, Steve Guppy. Steve. <laughs> Imagine Ooh. if it was Gups. It was one size. One size fits, fits all. all. Fits all. Oh, I knew that. Fuck, he is. Yes. He is actually. A, and when you said it, because he is a child at the start. So when yeah. you said that, I was oh, man. very, very yeah, worried. Yeah. yeah, no, no, he is. He, yeah, when they run round and then come. Yeah. Oh fuck! I heard that. That was on something the other day as well. But I knew it before. Never mind. I won. Ian, play the music. Um, what is yeah. my music? Uh, what is your music? I can't remember these days. It's it's late. Oh, Vindaloo. It's late. Yeah, it's labelled up. Chuck wins. There you go. It's labelled up. Chuck wins. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Adam, you can stay, mate. You clearly do the best quizzes. Oh. I have no complaints about that one, Oscar. <laughs> Learn from that. Um, thank you very much uh, for for everything. Um, for, what am I saying? In general, I I've really. In life. Just in life, so yeah. You, you, you've got uh, a tough ending now because we're like, we don't, we're probably not going to do an episode next week. It's a little break in it, and you know, so you got you got a tough ending now. I don't really know how you're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good luck with it. <laughs> Jesus wept. Okay, yeah. So it's not international break, which feels 
good, it's like a but cup it is break cup sort of thing, cup isn't it? Break. Yes, it feels a bit weird. I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, the transfer window rolls on all that shit. We've got League Cup, Carabao Cup, FA Cup. Um, do you want me to play uh, the music? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you start earlier? You do me no favours. I just want to see how long it goes. That's all. Um, I guess we could record something next week. If not, we'll Chelsea, see. Fulham, Everton, Arsenal, Aston Villa, Leicester, Brentford, Southampton, Brighton, Bournemouth, Man United, Palace, Wolves, Liverpool, Newcastle, West Ham, Nottingham Forest, Leeds, Spurs, Man City, Man United, Leeds. Might be a double, might not. Say goodbye, Adam P. Bye. <laughs> Say goodbye, Ian Stimson. Guppy is currently coaching at Nashville. And bye to <laughs> Jeff, Tom, Andy, Sam, uh, John, and... Oh! Mark! Fucked it. Nate! <laughs> I just said John. Just just pick the most generic name. John, oh, and then Bill. just yelled mate at the end. <laughs> Mark, I yelled Mark. Mark oh, and Nate. Nate, he said Mark and Nate. Nate. Yeah, yeah. I thought he said mate as if it was like an instruction. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. And now we fuck. <laughs>